2: How are you, Gina? I'm great, Val. How are you going? I'm good. What have you been up to? I've been riding my bike, Val. I want to go for my license. Wow. And uh, so I've been out there, you know, practicing, going on long rides on my yes. little Stella. Oh yes, Stella. <laughs> okay, where have you been riding your bike to? Oh, uh, not you know, just up and around on the on the easy I, I don't want to take my bike on the freeways and things like that. I'm a bit of a scaredy cat, so oh. I've just been trying to, you know, get out on the roads and like uh some of the roads out here where I live they're sort of one lane either way and if you're going too slow I'll look in the rear vision mirror and I'll find that there's like fifty cars behind me so I have to pull over, let everyone go past. So but I'm just getting my confidence up so that I can, you know, get my licence and then when I've got my license I'm allowed to dink people. I can have you on the back of the bike if you want, Val. Oh, <laughs> take really? you places.
1: Yeah. Oh my god. Okay. Take you for a
2: ride. Wow. I'm a bit scared to do that. <laughs> Would you? <laughs> <laughs> so when we go to Uluru Val, we could hire yes. a bike.
1: Dick, can you do that out there? Yeah. Are you sure? That'd be cool. I don't. I've never seen that out there. Fun. Oh yeah. Okay. Cool. It'll be hot.
2: Yeah, <laughs> will be hot. Yes. The we of have Australia. to plan it's a bit better Val, than just rocking up, okay you I just think. have to this through yes, and hopefully where we're staying has air conditioning i uh, will make sure that that's because i you just wouldn't you would just complain so much if there's yes. no air you don't like <laughs> not having air con mm-hmm. so I'll make sure that I you know take care of all of that okay, that's exciting, yes. <laughs> What have you been doing?
1: What have I been doing? I have not been riding a bike. I have been uh, riding planes. Oh, right. Flying around doing... Yeah. I have a confession. Yeah. I came to Melbourne and I didn't see you. Yeah, I know. But it was a flying visit. You know, I literally flew in, did my thing, flew out. Yeah. That's all right, Belle. I understand. Is that Okay. Yeah, it's fine. I'll cope. (laughs) I know you've done that in Sydney too, and i found out later. I don't think I don't remember. Yeah. (laughs) 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 All right, so uh, we want to give a shout-out to um, past client of Katie's from Canada. (laughs) Very unusual (laughs) username, but past client of Katie's from Canada has left asked a review on iTunes, and they've said, The Best Photography Podcast. Now, they said, I highly recommend this podcast for all photographers at any skill level. These two ladies deliver key tips to improve your skills while keeping the episodes light and fun. They also engage with their listeners through the podcast Facebook group and continually offer shout-outs and feedback. Go one step further and join the Gold community for even more mentorship, and watch your photography improve dramatically.
2: Wow. Thank you so much. Awesome past client of Katie's from Canada. (laughs) Have you been to Canada? No, I haven't. I so want to go to Canada yes Canada would be
1: pretty fantastic I think pretty epic Um, yeah very epic very big um, some amazing scenery very beautiful you know always you know all the Canadians that you meet are always awesome and really lovely Uh, yes so yeah I've met many Canadians but I have never been to
2: Canada I have to go in summer, though. I don't think I could cope with the cold weather.
1: That's true. But, uh... That's true. But, you know, thank you to past client of Katie's from Canada for taking the time to leave that uh, that review. And if you do have 30 seconds, if other listeners have 30 seconds to leave us a review or rating on iTunes, we'd really be grateful because it certainly helps us in the rankings. Now, yep. one of the things that past client of Katie from Canada <laughs> mentioned were well, two things actually. First, the podcast Facebook group, which you can join for free. And all you need to do is search for So you want to be a photographer podcast community on Facebook and join the group. It's an awesome place to hang out and to share ideas. And another awesome place, which past client of Katie from Canada mentioned, is the Gold Community, which is um, a membership community. And you can find out more about that at GinaMilitia.com and click on join the community. Now this is a brilliant community because it's ongoing regular mentorship and tutorials directly from Gina with direct access to Gina for photo critiques, asking questions about gear, asking questions about, you know, running your your photography business uh, and also um, live masterminds um, with Gina herself. So find out more at ginamalitia.com. Anyway, this week's episode, awesome, it's called HDR Photography, The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly. Hmm. Now, that's an interesting title, Gina, because I understand, yes, the good, but I've never really thought of it as the bad and the ugly. So I'm keen to know why you've entitled this episode that. But I guess before we start, just in case there's any nudies, um, what is HDR? Perhaps you can explain that because I use it a lot on my
2: phone, like with Uh apps and stuff, but I never really
1: think about it.
2: Yeah. So – HDR stands for High Dynamic Range. So basically what it is, is it's uh, blending many photos together to get maximum detail in the shadows and details in the highlights. So you're getting a wide tonal range in your images, very similar to what you see when you look at an image uh, with your naked eyes, Mm -hmm. okay, as opposed to your eyes that are dressed. (laughs) Okay. I wonder what they're what wearing. Do you, what do your eyes what, wear? What are your eyes wearing today? <laughs> sometimes they wear sunglasses. And, uh, you know, sometimes when my eyes are feeling a bit fancy, they might mm. wear mascara, Sal. Yeah, right.
1: And, it, doesn't uh, that get squashed in the viewfinder? The mascara? Yeah. Well, yeah, oh, yeah. Doesn't
2: that come Sometimes, off on your viewfinder? Like, this is uh, this is uh, uh, probably mostly a female photography problem, but <laughs> and I know there's lots of other female photographers that have this problem. Your makeup rubs off on the yeah, um, the back. Do you have that problem? Oh, my, my foundation does, yeah. <laughs> foundation goes mm. onto the yeah. So I'm oh constantly
1: oh my god, yeah, I know the back of your camera.
2: Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's like yes. it goes this other colour. <laughs> yes. So um yeah, so the naked eye as opposed to, and probably the dressed eye would see just as well as the naked eye. Yes. Yeah. Um Sees uh, tonal range in a lot more detail than the the, the camera. The camera can only record uh, a, a, a certain amount of tonal range, and the eyes actually see a, a wider range. And so that's why when you're taking, like we're talking about last week, episode 116, how to take good. Um, landscape shots that Mm. most people when they're first taking their landscape shots you'll get to a a location take the photo and then you have a look at it and you're a little bit disappointed because you don't capture what your eyes saw so there might be like your shadows are very dark or your highlights are blown out you're not seeing it the way your eyes see it Mm. HDR photography allows you to capture all the details in your shadows, all the details in your highlights, the way that your naked eye or your dressed eye sees them. All right. Okay. So, mm-hmm. so often uh, you'll be photographing a scene, and particularly if it's high contrast, uh, it's difficult to to achieve that uh, that. That detail. So, as a general rule, you'll expose for the average in the image, and it usually means that uh, you you either lose shadow detail or highlight detail. Now, this uh, this episode Val is going to be uh, fairly heavy on, and I do apologise if you hear any. going on in the background.
1: What is going on G- in the background?
2: <laughs> it sounds
1: like Gazza's
2: moving house. <laughs> <laughs> this is Gary, which is Gina's yeah. dog. So he's been fed, mm-hmm. he's been walked, but mm. he's uh, he's a bit restless and uh, he's found his ball and he's decided that now would be a good time to play with that um, and make as much noise as possible. So That's do okay. Well. We yeah. welcome Gazza to the podcast. Yeah, so um, so this uh, this particular podcast, it it we will try and explain uh, the uh, the images that I have put in the show notes uh, to support my. And that was Gazza. He just coughed then, and I do apologise. <laughs> it's professor. okay. So we we'll, you can find the show notes.
1: So any images we discuss in this episode, you can find in the show notes at Gina Militia, Dot com and that's N-I-L-I-C-I-A. So go ahead Jada.
2: Um so as I was saying, as a general rule, if you expose like you you take a shot. So in these show notes, I've got uh, an image of a boat at sunset. So the sun's very low in the sky, the boat's in the foreground, and if I was to and I exposed for the highlights, so I so uh, there's
1: a boat in the foreground and then there's a body of water and there's sort of like some hills in the background and at sunset.
2: Yeah, and so I uh, exposed for the highlight, which was the brightest point of of the image, which was sort of where the sun was, the and sun. I got beautifully detailed uh, clouds and mm-hmm. uh, you, like the the area where the sun is is lovely detail. You see the sky, but what happens is because I've exposed for the highlight area, the rest of the image has gone to is, is very dark and heavily shadowed, and there is a Extremely boat in the you can't see it, all right? Now, That same image, if I was to expose for the shadow detail, which is the foreground where the boat is, I get uh, a a beautiful image. Uh, You can see all the detail and you can actually see that the boat is a blue boat. You can see what's inside it, all the texture on the outside of the boat and everything that's in the foreground is is beautifully exposed.
1: Yes, and everything in the middle ground you can see, whereas you couldn't see that The middle ground where there's a body of water, uh, it's actually a body of water with a number of different yachts and boats and and those sorts of things on it. Now, were these shots taken at the same time? Uh Uh-huh. So exactly they're the literally night and day. Seconds so yeah, seconds apart. Seconds apart. Literally night and day. Where Gina has exposed for the highlights, it's almost pitch black except for the little bit of sun peeking uh, over the horizon. And yep. where Gina has exposed for the shadows, it literally looks like the middle of the day.
2: Yeah. And mm-hmm. the problem is the sky, whereas the sky where I exposed for the highlights was a lovely blue and you could see all the texture of the clouds, yeah. is now white. white. There is no tone. There is nothing there. So you get yes. this white hot. So that's the problem uh, with photography is like you can either have one or the other. And uh, that's the, the issue that we're always faced with as photographers is controlling contrast in an image and trying to get detail in our highlights and detail in our shadows or trying to choose what part of the image is more important. Now, if I wanted to, Val, and I wanted to, to maintain detail in my sky and show off those sexy clouds, yeah, uh, I could have uh, put the flash on my camera and lit the foreground with flash. So by yes. using fill flash, uh, you could have um, – I could have balanced the lighting and uh, got a better shot. Now. When you're doing landscapes, Val, it's not like you can bring in, and don't you wish, imagine mm-hmm. if you could, mm-hmm. light the entire mountain. <laughs> yeah. the entire, you <laughs> can't, can't do that. You can't light the entire foreground of an image or, or the mountain so that you are controlling the detail. So that's but not an But people actually option. try.
1: It's kind of funny sometimes when you see or people you see, try. And,
2: and mm-hmm. you see at, uh, at events where, yeah. um, like I always uh, laughed at uh, when you see things like the Olympic Games and things like, that and you see like it's a night uh, race or something and uh, the the runners are running past the stands and all the Mm. flashes go off. Mm. I'm thinking that flash is not going to do anything. But anyway, and you see people taking photos at night with their flash, hoping to light up the mountain and then they're disappointed when they uh, see their images. So Mm. you can't really... uh, light it would be good but unfortunately uh no one's invented a flash that will light an entire mountain they have mm-hmm. there's one there's one it's expensive okay. um uh, okay. and uh, it's called the sun <laughs> okay <laughs> yes all right so mm-hmm. the next best thing val uh, mm-hmm. to to create and control shadow and highlight detail is to um split the difference and shoot an average of both or merge the best bits of both images to create a HDR high dynamic range image. So... Underneath the two images of the boat, you can see that what I've done is uh, in camera is, uh, and and you can do this in camera. For some cameras, allow you to take uh, several images, uh, sort of split seconds apart, where it exposes for the highlights, and then it takes another shot that expo- exposes for the shadows, combines the two images together, and yes. you get. A, an image that is uh, an HDR image. So it's basically there is detail in the sky, mm. detail in the foreground, detail in the middle ground. You're getting highlights of detail, detail in your shadow area, and basically you're getting a high dynamic rain image, a HDR image, and that's in camera. Uh, and this was started uh, a lot of uh, smartphones have the technology to do this and this is, was my first experience of uh, HDR photography was your partner Val actually showed me an app that did this and my head nearly exploded when I found yes. out about it. I'm like, it does what? Yes. <laughs> This is a while was, ago, yeah. Two images with my phone. Oh my god! Mm-hmm. And then I went off, and for the next three years, it's all I did. <laughs> and uh, and and everyone who also discovered it, like when you've got a new toy, you've got to play with it every day. So mm. um and and so a lot of uh, photographers when this particular technique was discovered were doing this with their DSLRs as well because there was a uh, a couple of um. Uh, there was some post-production software that did this for you. So basically, what you did was when you went out to a location where you had high contrast, you took an image that exposed for the highlights, you t- took another image for your midtones, and you took another image for your shadows. Took those images, brought them into this particular software, and it spat out uh, an HDR image. The problem was, and why it gets a bad rap, is it created these images that were oversaturated. Saturated yeah. and over detailed and just right. overcooked, and they looked ill. <laughs> they weren't. They weren't that great. It was. It some was. Some people uh, liked that look. Some, some people, people loved that look. Yeah. Uh, but a lot of the for, for the purists just didn't like it because it was overdone and it had this sort of cartoonish look. Mm. Now. I believe, and a lot of photographers and a lot of landscape photographers believe that if it's done well and conservatively, you can create a really beautiful image that captures the image as our naked eye or dressed eyes see. The shot mm. all right so um and i think this is better a lot the the workaround that a lot of photographers have also used in the past is uh they might um take the shot and if they've got like this white hot sky and there's nothing going on basically they'll drop another sky from another shot in which mm. can look good and um you know, photo uh, compositing is is a big deal as well, where people might photograph someone in a studio and then put them in another background, and that can look amazing. And if it's done well, it can look great. But there's a disconnect, Val, when that happens. There's something. They can be, yes. And there's something that is like, I think when I look at those images, uh, you, you kind of feel like it's there's something not quite right. You can never put your finger on, on that. So it. So it just never well, looks 100% right to me.
1: If you actually line up, so I used to work at Clio, which um, for our overseas listeners was, uh, you know, one of the biggest selling women's magazines uh, in Australia. And if you actually put all of the Clio cover covers side by side all in a row, you'll actually be able to pick out quite a number of covers with
2: the
0: exact same background <laughs> so yeah, the, the exact
2: beach, same beach with the the beach, yeah, yeah blue sky mm. and it's yeah it's done a, and, and so like I think it's the brain fairly intelligent thing that it is that uh, it, it just it just recognises that there's something not quite right so you can't sort of connect with that particular image the way that you do when something is done all in camera so I think the uh, g- going with the HDR technique you can get a fair natural looking shot uh, be able to control uh, all the details in your image and get some good stuff if it's done well so uh, I think there's been uh, some really exciting uh, new developments in this area and so uh, let's uh, let's do uh, a sort of a, a detailed explanation of all of them Val for this okay. episode all right so um, when you're shooting uh, HDR, you, there, there, there's some basic equipment that you need, and that's a camera <laughs> yeah. to start with, and, uh, and that's basically it. Now, you don't need a tripod, and a lot of the stuff that I shot uh, when I was in New Zealand recently, uh, uh, or how do you say it? New Zealand. New Zealand. John. Um, and we got a lot of feedback about that episode too, Val, from okay. a lot of people that live in uh, New Zealand. We got a, a lot of people that listen to the show and I, I actually uh, was um, taught how to pronounce a lot of the places. We completely butchered all of them. Did you know on that show? All of them. Well, we weren't even close. Oh, like, okay. If something was black, we were saying it was white. That's how okay. far away we were. Aww. So like, now on, I'm never pronouncing any city in New Zealand ever again, I'd probably okay. say New Zealand wrong too
1: look like Queenstown did we get that wrong?
2: <sighs> I think I got them all wrong, so
1: <laughs> Auckland did we get that wrong
2: <laughs> Probably
1: <laughs> yeah
2: anyway, go on so. You do need uh, the DSLR camera, yes, and camera. you can you can get away without having a tripod. It is actually easier to have your image on the tripod because what you, what you're doing is uh, the process involves taking several images of the same location in quick succession, like within split seconds apart, and then taking those images into uh, post production software, and they get lined up and uh, put back together. And if, if they're slightly out of register, you're going to lose sort of parts of the frame. So it probably is easier to do it uh with a tripod, so mm-hmm. it would be good. You can use a smartphone and do HDR. If you want to sort of uh, dip your feet in without um, committing all the way, uh, try try getting an app and um, using your smartphone with it. The other uh, essential when doing this is a delayed timer, and that is to avoid camera shake. So when you actually put your finger onto the uh, shutter, mm-hmm. uh, even if you're very careful and very sort of light when you, when you press the shutter uh, there is a little bit of camera shake that happens so it's a good idea to set the timer to delay so that like when you press the time press the shutter uh the the there is a delay, and it'll wait a couple of seconds before it takes a shot. So if the camera's on a tripod, you'll press the shutter, step away, the everything sort of settles, and nothing's moving, and then the the camera takes the shot. So it's a good away, a good idea to to have that delayed timer. You need something like Photoshop or Lightroom to uh, create the images. images. Yes, mm-hmm. and um, when you're shooting, it's uh, a good idea to get your shot in focus. So use auto focus or however you focus if you manually focus your shots and then once you've got your shot focus, turn the autofocus off so mm-hmm. that the camera when it's creating this series of images, uh, it isn't trying to track the focus which would maybe put it out of register as well. Yeah. If you're also shooting and it's a windy day, you want to weigh your tripod down unless you've got a tripod that weighs 50 kilos and mm-hmm. who wants one of those? Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, weigh the weigh the tripod down. And what I often do is if I'm traveling um, is uh, just get a, a like one of those, you know, those shopping bags that, that you buy for a couple of dollars at the supermarket, the recyclable, the ones yeah. that – yeah, what are they called? Recycle shopping bags? Are they? <laughs> yeah. So one of those, and you just fill it like you might have a couple of water bottles in there or something, anything that you can add or some, um, you know, you shopping or or things like that, just to weigh the. the the tripod down so it stays put and Mm -hmm. uh, the other thing to remember is with HDR is uh, try and avoid photographing uh, subjects that are moving so if it's a very windy day and the trees are blowing around they're not going to line up properly because they're always going to be moving in the frame or Mm. you've got like a a waterfall or something like that harder to do HDR or people moving through your frame is going to be really annoying as well Mm. so you want stuff that's going to stay put when you shoot it all right mm-hmm. so um now the camera settings some cameras will expose automatically and uh they also the really good ones they make you a coffee and they rub your shoulders while you wait do they yeah, yeah Can, they do which, all of that which, for models are that? They, which they, camera they, models are that? They, <laughs> they, they you know like um you know when Rocky's fighting and he's got the, the, the trainer in the corner and every time he goes into the corner, he's going, you're doing good, you're doing a great job, kid. That's what uh-huh. the, the camera does for you. It's rubbing your shoulders <laughs> and it's going, that's going to be a great shot. You're amazing. You know, they do that. That's the top level camera. Okay. So I've obviously camera. never
1: afforded one of those.
2: Yeah. There's other cameras that, that – that, don't do any of that and they make you take each shot individually, manually, and then they yep. critique you and your style <laughs> and your shoes in between frames. So they're, they're the lesser and some are a combo of both. So okay. the trick is here that uh, – Which you camera have you got? Which kind of camera have you got? I've got something my camera will uh, expose automatically. So I've got the 5D Mark III and it's mm-hmm. actually got an HDR setting as a button that you push and it does okay. it for you. It'll do three frames okay. or I can set it to do uh, auto exposure bracketing where I can tell it to do five frames or seven frames, or I think nine frames if I want to. Um, so does it but make you cocky aim- and rub
1: your shoulders? Uh, so-
2: it doesn't do that for me, oh. I have that particular one. I would love that particular mm. one. That would be okay. amazing. You're doing good. Yes. That's a great shot. Everybody <laughs> take a shot. I'm sure <laughs> you could just record something.
1: Yeah. And just set it to go off whenever you press the button.
2: Or you know how we did when we did our uh, New Year's, New, what was it? Our Was it our 100th episode where we had the cheering? Yeah. Now, and so And the New Year's. Yeah, the cheering. So every time you take a good shot, it just goes,
1: yes,
2: <laughs> the whole crowd go nuts. And so you know that was a good shot or you get a shot that's sharp or correctly exposed. Yes. So um, you've got to get out your camera manual and uh, have a look mm. through. And you want to be looking for something that is uh, auto exposure bracketing. So, okay. so basically, auto exposure bracketing, AE. B is where mm-hmm. the camera takes one image, one stop over the correct exposure you select and uh, one image that is one stop o- under the correct image. So and take, presumably uh, it will
1: also take
2: one image at the exposure correct that you do select. Exposure. So the middle, mm-hmm. one under, one over. And you okay. can actually expand that mm-hmm. to be, um, uh, you know, two under, two over or three right. under and three over. Uh, and you can got set it. that. You can tell it uh, ha- how you want. And and the, the, the reason you might want to have uh, a, a wider range of exposures is if you've got a very high contrast image, mm. you might need to have uh, a greater exposure range. And so, as I said, the camera does this in a really quick burst and mm-hmm. – um, um, hang on, it just if you keep talking, I'm going to grab my camera and set it. I think I've have done this before that I've let you hear what it sounds like. do and let us hear again. It's so it's such a sexy sound. Let me just um.
1: Can you can you do it like like where, you know where, where, yourself like? Um. Let's see. Would we do
2: three
1: under, three over? So if you do three under and then the correct one and three over. That's seven images that you get in total, which is quite a lot of different exposures. Oh, did you, did you, do you that? Just, did you just do it again?
2: Yeah. So um, I'm just pointing out the window. So that was it. It did. Uh, that's how quickly it, it, it sounds. Wow. That's how quickly it fires. Yep, so yep. that's why I'm saying that if you uh, – Like a lot – I've done a lot of these uh, HDR shots where I've just been uh, wandering around and I have Mm. had the camera handheld and what I've done is it's like on a bright sunny day, even at 100 ISO, I might have my shutter at um, like, you know, uh, one one thousandth of a second. Mm. And so I can hand hand hold and I know I've got my focus point – a set at a certain point, and I know I can hold my camera fairly steady so that mm. the, the the five images that I take are mm. going to be pretty much exactly the same spot. There might be like a couple of millimeters that the, that the camera moves slightly, but mm-hmm. you can do it handheld. But it is better to to use a tripod. tripod. So, mm-hmm. yeah. So um. And I wonder so you can... why it is a sexy sound, isn't it? The, there's nothing sexier than that sound. Yeah, I wonder what it is. What if it... What is it about it that... The shutter going off. Yeah. You know? I wonder what it is. I don't know. I sort of need the saxophone as well. (laughs) And some Barry White as well. (laughs) Yeah,
1: Um,
2: Yeah, okay. And so you can broaden the range, uh, three stops under, three stops uh, over if you want. And all cameras are different. So Nikon, some Nikons have a button marked BKT uh, at the back for bracket and uh, Canon AEB. And then the others would have whatever they feel like calling it because it's their camera. Mm -hmm. Um, And then you can... Wouldn't it be uh, like good if they were all just consistent? But that's never gonna happen. That's yeah. like uh Macintosh and um Windows.
1: Yeah, but cars uh, have all have T and D and R and one, two, three, four.
2: They manage uh, to do that. Those right? Cars are all universal in what they call everything.
1: Well I guess there's isn't...
2: left blinker and right blinker. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yes. <laughs> in case that's something else in another language left indicator and right indicator yeah. I wonder what other Quite things you call
2: and it's called your blinkers because yeah, what do they do? when they <laughs> blink blinker blink, blink, turn your blinkers yeah. on
1: we're so Australian,
2: oh my God.
1: I wonder if they say left tail light, perhaps. I don't know what North Americans say. Maybe you can tell us on social media, Um, just let us know, if you're North American, what's the yellow light in the back of your car called? Anyway, do continue, Is that the one that says you're turning? Yeah, the one that says you're turning. The blinker.
2: (laughs) Yeah, no, in North America. Your indicator indicator lights, your tail light is the brake light valve. Yeah, maybe. I've watched here. enough um, movies where the, they get pulled over and it's like your tail lights out, and the the policeman gets out, and he's actually smashed the taillight and then he says their taillight's out. Have you seen those shows? Yeah, I have. I have. Said, I have. Yeah. Okay. That's all right. We digress. Please continue. We do. Um, So you can set uh, the the. Um, How sort of how many stops you want to uh bracket as well, so you can have a third of a stop, uh, to you know, in in third stop increments. So, if you want to do a finer kind of bracket as well, or half stop, or one stop, so but worth checking the manual I'd be here all day if I had to uh explain all the different models and then, then and then there'd be someone writing in that has the um you know the most obscure camera in the world mm-hmm. and you know I failed to look up that manual cause can't find it <laughs> okay <laughs> so the other thing that's uh crucial for HDR is to shoot raw mm-hmm and so that's not as in you shoot raw with all your emotions on the air. <laughs> No, it's not. With your naked eyes shooting raw. Oh my god, I've had such a bad day. I'm shooting raw. <laughs> um, By raw, I mean uh, raw using uh, raw file format so that uh, when you um, create the images in post-production, you're going to get the maximum amount of detail. So it's best to shoot raw. And uh, the best way to bracket, uh, there's a couple of ways uh, you can bracket with ISO or shutter speed, uh, it's mm-hmm. best to bracket with ISO so that you're not affecting the uh, the look of the shot. Because if you say you were photographing a uh, a body of water that's moving, if you were to bracket with um, shutter speed mm-hmm. when you were doing the um, the the one that's uh, overexpo- underexposed where you were shooting with a slower shutter speed, the the water's going to start looking silky. Whereas yes. when you're shooting with a faster shutter speed, you're going to be freezing the uh, the water droplets and it's going to be harder to line it up. So it's, uh, it's always better to bracket with ISO rather than shutter speed. Right. And uh, your metering mode should be uh, set to matrix, which is your average exposure. So, when you're starting out, it's uh, probably best just to start out with a, a three bracket. So um, your your average shot, your one one stop under and one stop over, and this works pretty well in most situations. And then if you've got higher contrast, try uh, two stops under and two stops over. Okay. All right, so yep, makes if, sense. if you haven't got your head around shooting in manual mode yet, and there are a lot of people that are still uh, working uh, in uh, aperture priority, uh, then it's 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 okay to stay in aperture priority just to experiment uh, with this for now. So shoot aperture priority, and. Um, set your camera to to shoot in HDR for you. So No, now
1: what if your camera – what if you don't – your camera maybe for some reason doesn't have auto-exposure bracketing? Okay, so if your camera
2: doesn't have auto-exposure bracketing, what you do is – So so let's just assume that we're not going to handhold. We're going to do it on a tripod, all right? So you set your tripod up, you've got your scene, and uh, let's just say for the sake of argument, it's uh, a house in a meadow somewhere, all right? So And it's lit with sunshine. It's like the sun's directly above. It's midday. Alright, so you're going to expose for the overall scene and let's just say that the uh meter tells you that the, the correct exposure for that scene is uh at hundred ISO, it's F11 is at uh one two hundredth of a second. Yes. Okay. At hundred ISO. So what we what you would do for the for the um the image that's um Hang on. So you'd start if you're doing it manually, you would yeah. start at um, 400 ISO and then change your um, change your ISO which direction? To which way? So both ways. So over and under, so mm-hmm. that you get one either side. Or to make it easier, um, just change your shutter speed. Would so you, ever you change your aperture. So. No, because if you change your aperture valve, what happens is you change the look of the shot. So you the imagine if you're field. shooting at F-16, say if right. you're shooting at F-11 and you go a couple of stops under, mm. right, the, the, uh, the depth of field is going to be shallower. Mm. So the shot doesn't mm. work. So that's why we either go with shutter speed or uh, ISO. Yep, yep, yep. So what you want to be doing is changing your ISO or your shutter speed so that you your image is uh, one stop or two stops overexposed and one stop or two stops underexposed. So
1: basically, in the case of the house in the meadow, let's say there's yep. no wind; it's a pretty still day. And yep. if we, when you expose, you know, for the shot, just generally, as you say, if it is a hundred ISO F11 at two, one two hundredth of a second. Then yep. there's not a lot. Uh, it's,
2: there isn't a lot to go down with your ISO. No, so that's why you start so, at the next. Uh, you know, a stop over that. Right, or you could just As you, you do it with shutter speed. Yeah. Yeah. So or you you, should, you could just speed. change
1: it. So if it if your starting point was that. 100 ISO, F11, 1 200th of a second, then take that shot and then do do three um, above, yep. which means you would then do what, one, three, one, uh, you, you just do a faster shutter speed, then a faster shutter speed, then a faster shutter yep. speed, and yep. then you'd go back to your 200th, and then you'd go a sl- one sl- slower shutter speed, one slower shutter speed, one slower shutter speed.
2: Yeah. And it okay. also depends on uh, each individual camera, like the, uh, the 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 button that changes shutter speed or ISO. Sometimes they're set in third stop increments, sometimes mm-hmm. they're set in half stop increments. So each uh, each camera is different. So you you work out basically, but basically you want to be a stop. Under, to start with, we're doing a three-bracket exposure valve to make it easy. Okay. So you want yes. to make sure that you shoot an exposure that's correct as as mm. to like to get the whole scene looking right. You'll shoot an exposure that's one stop over and you'll shoot an exposure that's one stop under.
1: Yes, and I, I think that's big- so important to remember that you leave your aperture unchanged because otherwise then it'll affect your depth of field in your in all of your shots they'll all be different to each other because a lot of people would think would actually, uh, their initial, uh, for a lot of people, um, particularly newbies, their initial instinct would be, okay, let's just change the aperture up and down. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Great explanation. Thank you.
2: All right. So, um, so, there are several ways. So we, that's the first way to create uh, your HDR shot. So that's in camera, mm-hmm. all right? And then you, um, the, the, my 5D Mark III has an HDR button, and I can switch it on. And what it does is when I take the shot, it takes the under, the normal, and the over, and then... Clever little cookie that it is. It mm-hmm. blends those three images together in camera mm-hmm. and spits out the HDR shot in camera on my screen. I can see it straight, straight away. Clever. How cool
1: is that? Very clever. Does that? Is that that camera that makes you the coffee and stuff as well?
2: And rubs your shoulders and tells you you're amazing. Thank you. Good night. And, mm-hmm. and uh, buys buys Nutella for you when you've run out. <laughs> so, the other bonus with uh, this is that uh, it renders the HDR as a JPEG and it also no. saves the raw files. So you get the under, over, and the, the main shot that you did, it still keeps those as raw files so that when right. you import those images, you've still got the originals and it's got the one that you, it gave you, which um, sometimes it's okay. Because like, remember, it's lining the shots up as well for you. It's pretty amazing that it does it all in camera for you, but then you can use the raw files and make your own shot. So yes. here's where it gets really cool. So so th- that's one of the ways that you can do – that's the absolute easiest way. You just let the camera do it all for you. It spits out the shot and then you've got it. you can bring it into something like uh, Lightroom and just tweak it a bit as well. Or you can take the uh, raw files mm-hmm. and uh, use your editing software like Photoshop or Lightroom. Or the one that uh, I don't particularly love is Photomatics and that was like the original one. And uh, th- that was the one that I found sort of overcooked all the HDRs and made them look that cartoonish, oversaturated look that uh, wasn't fantastic. Yeah. All right, so, but Lightroom does a really good job and Photoshop does a really good job. The other way, and a lot of landscape photographers is this is the way they blend their images uh, in HDR is what they do is they, when they're shooting, say, a, uh, say they're at the beach, uh, there's a spectacular sky, there's the beautiful, uh, middle ground of the water, and they might have foreground of say some dark rocks. All right. Mm-hmm. So what they'll do is they'll take their, they'll manually expose for each component of the shot. So it's not even one over and one under. They will actually go to the sky, and uh, expose until they get their sky looking amazing, and they've got all the all the detail in the highlights. Right. Then mm-hmm. they'll take another shot which exposes for the middle ground. Yeah, and then they'll take another shot which exposes for the foreground where there might be uh, rocks in the foreground which are uh, possibly backlit, so there's no lighting on them, and so they'll just keep opening up their exposure until those shots, until those rocks are, are beautifully detailed. So there's three separate exposures, and then they take those three raw files and they blend them in something like Photoshop manually, and it's and it's they'll take the sky. Mm-hmm. and and uh, and combine it with the middle ground and then the foreground. So there'll be three separate images. It'll be a slice of sky. They'll take a slice of the middle ground and the slice of the foreground and Frankenstein the three images together. Yeah, than- right. Rather than um, what the HDR in the camera does, or something like photomatics or the other Lightroom or Photoshop, is it actually physically blends the entire image together. Wow. This is the it's taking little sections, and uh, and then they'll use um, all sorts of different techniques like uh, luminosity masking and some other advanced techniques, and it brings out. And so when you look at those magnificent landscape shots that you go, oh, my God, this is amazing. Look at the beautiful detail. You see the water, the clouds look amazing, the rocks, the texture, everything, that's how mm. they're done. So it's, right. it's, it's uh, taking parts of the image and exposing for each individual part of the image. All right, so it's the most cool. cons- uh, time-consuming way, Val, but it gives you the, the best results.
1: Love it. Okay, that makes a lot of sense.
2: Yes. Now, here's where it gets really sexy for me. Okay. (laughs) If you can do HDR with portraits. Okay. So... you can uh, – so say you've got a portrait of someone and uh, it's very hard light and you so I've got an image in the show notes of a guy who's wearing a hat. He was in uh, sort of uh, – a combination of bright sun. He had bright sun on his, uh, on the edge of his straw hat that he was wearing. And, uh, and then I scooched his face back so that he was lit with garage light. And Mm -hmm. I set my camera to HDR. This is handheld. Mm -hmm. And I did a test to see if I could do, uh, an HDR portrait and you can. And then I took, I I took two exposures. So, Mm uh, one under, one over and combine the two and you get this uh, super 3D looking image. Uh, and then I converted it to black and white because unfortunately the side effect of uh, HDR is it, it picks up a lot of saturation in the images, which I didn't like. But right. as a black and white, I loved it. So oh. I shot this at F16 valve. So it's very super detailed. Like, And yes. I wanted to all the lines in his face. But it creates this really uh, rich. Uh, detailed three-dimensional looking image, and because uh, the 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 images fired off so quickly, because I wasn't doing it manually, like you know hold it there while I change the settings, yeah. It was just uh, it, he he didn't move in between the two frames, right. and I was able to merge the two images together, and you get this really deep, awesome, sexy looking image. Mm.
1: Fantastic, and these images are in the show notes. And it's such a great uh, character image, isn't it, Gina? You can really, especially in black and white. It's it's far richer in black
2: and white um, than in colour. Yeah, so the colour was just a bit too garish. Now, the way I use uh, HDR when I'm photographing portraits, Val, especially Mm -hmm. I like to do uh, my environmental portraits in camera, as in I don't like to have uh, someone that I photograph at one location and then find another location and merge them together. I would rather get it all in camera. So yes. um, there was a shoot. You were at this shoot, Val, and um, yes. and uh, it was uh, Satiris who was standing in front of a uh, cafe in Melbourne called Pellegrini's. Now, the cafe is – has it's a neon sign, a big neon sign that runs down one side of the cafe, which was mm-hmm. like they're quite – bright but neon signs only really stand out when it's dark yes because in bright daylight they kind of wash out it's hard to get all the detail mm. inside um the he's standing in front of a cafe that is actually uh lit Inside, but mm-hmm. if I was to expose for the outside, it would be very difficult to get all the detail inside. So I've got a situation where what I did was I uh, photographed Satiris in front of the cafe, and I lit yeah. him with flash as well. Yeah. And then I kept my uh, tripod uh, locked and didn't move anything. I had my focus point locked, yeah. and I got him to step out of the frame and I bracketed the exposure of the background mm-hmm. and what I did was I photographed it at 100 ISO. At 400 ISO and at 1250 ISO, basically so that I got, I ended up with an exposure that was uh, underexposed to show the neon sign and all the mm. details there. Then I had uh, a middle mid-range exposure for the bricks and the outside of the building and then I had an exposure that was a, uh, like a, a, a couple of stops over to get the detail inside the cafe so you could mm. get all of that merged those three together because otherwise the and, inside of the cafe would have been dark dark mm. and then uh, and then basically my background image I uh, placed that um, as a layer underneath the original file with Satiris and then I just brushed him back in over the top mm-hmm. and you get this complete image where you've got all the detail in, in every part of it. So that's how I use uh, HDR in my uh, portrait photography, Val.
1: Brilliant, brilliant. And, of course, these images um, uh, are in the show notes at com, And have a look at them. They're, they're worth checking out so that you can see all of the
2: different steps that Gina's taken with this uh, HDR creation. All right. So um, the other way that I wanted to show you, and I did, uh, did describe this in um, one of the – Sorry, I'm oh. back, Val. Yes, where I, did you I go? Went, I went. Um, so
1: uh, <laughs> I think Tina Cameron
2: was rubbing her shoulders. Another another member of the uh, family has now joined the uh, podcast, and this is uh, Tiggy, my 18 year old oh, moggy, who's come to sit. Oh, he's been very sooky lately. Tiger's gorgeous. Tiger's Tina's cat. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so the other. The other way that uh, HDR is used a lot is in architectural photography, and I have shared this image before, but I did a a shot of uh, one of the hotel rooms that I was staying in, and basically I had a situation where it was high contrast, Val. I had Mm. sun streaming through a window, and you had uh, the beautiful – patterns that the light when sunlight streams into a room um, casts on the floor, so the shadows, and then there was uh, heavy shadow details in the room, and then outside you've got like clouds and the city. Now, if I was to take that shot, and then the inside there's also lights on in the room. If I was to take this as one exposure, I could either get the detail inside but Mm. I wouldn't be able to capture the sunlight or the the detail there and definitely wouldn't be able to capture the lights on inside the room and outside would be blown out. But Mm. what I did was I took several exposures. I exposed for the shadow detail all the way to the highlights, merged seven exposures together, and you end up with an image where you've got detail in your highlights Detail in your shadows across the board, high dynamic range shot. And this is how a lot of um, uh, real estate photography is done these days, Val. Yeah. Super detail in every shot. So um, that's that. And then uh, there's also an example where I uh, handheld merged a shot of um, uh, some – some tins that were lit by sunlight where I handheld and merged those three images together and uh, did an in-camera HDR shot. So just finally, Val, Mm Yeah. If if you have uh, an exposure and you want to try HDR but you you don't want to shoot it, you can actually do it with a single exposure. So what you do Mm -hmm. is uh, you get a a photo that you want to create an HDR image and maybe something that has uh, sort of a wide tonal range. You get your middle exposure and what I've done is I've got the same image of the original image of uh, Satiris outside Pellegrini. So Mm You can see that uh, the background in the, the the cafe that he's standing in front of is dark and yeah. you can just make out the, the Pellegrini sign and he's there. And what I did was I took that image into Lightroom and I overexposed it. But basically, I increased the exposure and the brightness ah. of the image and so created a single file, which was the overexposed version. You oh, save that file as plus one. All so you right? basically bracketed yes. it. In in, post. it in post-production, yeah, and then you take the fun. other image and I went the other way and I went I decreased the brightness of the image ah. uh, using a curves adjustment layer in Photoshop. Lightroom will work as well. and I went all the way under so that the Pellegrini sign uh, was nice and bright and uh, I was exposing for um, my highlights, the brightest mm. point in my image. So I've ended up with an ex- one exposure that's correct, the middle one. One that's mm. one stop over and one that's one stop under, and then I took those three images into Photoshop and uh, used uh, Photoshop um, Photoshop's HDR merging software there and uh, mm-hmm. created a an HDR image out of the same shot.
1: Yes. Fantastic. So that's brilliant. So if, if if you've forgotten to do your HDR or if you've forgotten to bracket, you can just cheat by bracketing in post and then combining the images. I
2: love it. Yeah. And so there's a couple of, uh, couple of versions of that. Uh, that i've done with another shot that a single shot that i did of a a guy in sicily and i did the same technique one under one over one um middle and uh combine the three and uh you can see that the effect in color starts to look a bit wrong town it just picks up too much saturation in the colors Mm. but i do like what happens when it's uh when it's converted into black and white so there you go well, it, look, it's really worth uh, having a play with. There's a lot yes. you can do. You can really control your shadows and details and uh, create some, um, some beautiful, beautiful images. It's fantastic for landscapes, mm. um, but it also works for, for portraits as well.
1: So what we'd love you to do this week is if you want to have a go at experimenting with HDR, you know, you can take whatever image you want. It doesn't have to be landscape, portrait, whatever you like, but have a go at experimenting with HDR because this week's hashtag Gina Challenge is, Gina? HDR. You don't have to sing it like that. You can just take the photo. So hashtag Gina Challenge is something that we do each week where, you know, we have a topic and this week's topic is hashtag HDR and you can interpret that however you like and what we do is upload our efforts in association with that topic in the podcast community on Facebook. And if you need a reminder of how to find that, just search for So You Want to Be a Photographer podcast community on Facebook and just join it's free so make sure you, that you tag your photos hashtag Gina challenge HDR and we'd love to see them but that brings us to the end of this week's episode what will you be doing in the coming week Gina until we chat again
2: in a binge watch I'm a celebrity get me out of oh, here oh my goodness and I'm okay. gonna ride my bike Val <laughs> you're going to ride your bike
1: okay yeah. cool all right. Yeah, you um, there's uh quite a few shows starting. New shows starting. So, what, what? Um Big Little Lies which What's that? is oh it's a mini series. It's a, it's a Hollywood miniseries, but it's actually based on an Australian novel by Leanne Moriarty. Leanne Moriarty is I think the only Australian novelist who's had two you know, num number one and number two. I think New York Times bestsellers, um, at the same time, and uh, Nicole Kidman and Reese Witherspoon read her book and just thought it was so great they wanted to turn it into a, a mini-series, which they started oh, wow. So that is coming up this February, so that should be fun. And, I'm, I've I, you know, I, I've read Leanne Moriarty's books, and they're pretty good. So, yeah, going to... B- billions is
2: coming back, Val.
1: Oh, yes, I did read that as well. Hmm. So you got me on to Billions. I know, yes. best show. <laughs> well, I'm not sure about best, but it is enjoyable. Anyway, where do we find you online, Gina?
2: So, ginamilitia.com, G-I-N-A-M-I-L-I-C-I-A. I'm at Gina Militia on Instagram, at Gina Militia on Twitter. I'm in the So You Want to Be a Photographer Facebook community, and I'm also in the Gold community.
1: And make sure you check out the Gold community at ginamilitia.com. Just click on join the community it's an incredible membership program (laughs) now i am valerie koo that's k-h-o-o on twitter and instagram and i'm also regularly in the facebook group and the gold community so thank you so much for listening everyone and we look forward to chatting to you again
2: next time thanks guys
0: thanks for listening to so you want to be a photographer